Thanks for watching today. Throughout the program, you will notice this graphic. It's there so you know that we'd love to pray with you. You can give us a call or go online. Also, this is a great way to keep in touch with us. Pastor Drain is starting a new series today called Make a Difference. Our purpose in life is not to have fun. Our purpose is to make a difference, to show compassion, to help in a crisis, to do good works. We will be the happiest when we are living the life God predestined for us, using the gifts and talents He has provided. Find out more in the message. Leave a legacy. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Today we are starting a brand new series entitled Living to Make a Difference. And then the following week, we have Rick Renner here. How many of you have never heard Rick? Lots of you. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story about Rick, kind of fits into the, the, the message today. So Rick would, would come as a speaker in uh, one particular time he came. And uh, in between services, we were back in my office and, and we were talking. And as we were talking there, I get a phone call. And, and I, I pick up the phone and this is why when you picked it up, you know, some of you remember that. All right. And uh, it's a friend and it's a guy I'm going to Russia with. And this call is, hey, we're going back, we're going to go back to Russia, we're going to go to the school, and we're going to do some evangelistic meetings, and uh, we need one more person to go. And there's Rick. And I just like, in my heart, it's like, Rick should go. So I said, Rick, I want you to come with me to Russia. And, and Rick's like, no. He said, uh, I don't like missions. He said, I'm called to America. He said, I do not like missionaries. He said, I have relatives that are missionaries. I don't like them. He said, I'm just called to America. And, and I said to Rick, I said, I can't believe you. I said, you, 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 you are speaking in the largest churches in America. I said, and you're getting a great offerings. I said, and you will not go to a third world country to bring the gospel to people? I said, shame on you. Shame. And I just hammered him until he said, I'd go. <laughs> I said that to say this, right? You live life in stages. And where you're at today is probably not where you're going to end up. See, Joseph began working for his father. Then he worked for Potiphar as a slave. Then he ran a prison. And then he ended up as prime minister of the nation of Egypt. David started as a shepherd, right? became a warrior. Then literally became a renegade who was, they sought his life. For 10 years, the Bible says that King Saul sought to kill him every day. Then he became the king of Judah. And then seven and a half years later, he became the king of all of Israel and spent his last several years preparing his son Solomon for a new position. You, you live life in stages or at levels. And where you're at today may not be where you're going to end up. In fact, it probably isn't where you're going to end up. But I want to talk to you today about your life, about your purpose, about your direction, about your destiny. Right? You were not created to get up, have a cup of coffee, breakfast, go to work, check your social media, come home, Watch television and kiss your spouse goodnight. 365. That was not your purpose, right? You were created with a purpose. You were created with a destiny. You were created to make a difference. You were created to leave a legacy. Psalms 112 says, 
Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Saying what you do is going to touch eternity. The things that you do are not just to make a difference during your lifetime, but they're to make a difference for all of eternity. Now, it's talking about righteous, and somehow in our minds we often disqualify ourselves. Let, let me just say, first of all, that, uh, that all through the Old Testament, when it talks about righteous, it's talking about someone whose heart is to please God and to pursue God. Now, if your heart, if the number one thing in your heart is is I want to please God. See, that's what the Bible is talking about in the Old Testament when it refers to a righteous person. It's someone whose pursuit is to please God. It says that the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of the one whose heart is turned towards him. See, that person who's saying, more than anything else, I want my life to be pleasing to God. And then in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says that he made him that knew no sin, that's Jesus, to become sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So what happened at the cross, theologians sometimes refer to as the great exchange, that God took your unrighteousness and put it in Jesus. And he took Jesus' righteousness and put it inside of you. So the Bible says you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, I want you to think about this. The Bible says for you right now, God forbid it happened today. But the Bible says to be absent from the body when when your body dies is to be present with the Lord. In other words, as a Christian... If your body dies today, the real you is going to step out and going to go and be in God's presence for all of eternity. To be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. You do not need to go someplace and pay for your sins. You don't need to go to school to learn how to be holy. Because with the righteousness you have right now, you are going to live in God's presence for all of eternity. Think about that. That's good news. Good news. How many know the gospel? It is good news. And so that great exchange took place. The Bible talks about Elijah and compares him to the righteous man. It says about Elijah that he prayed for three, that he prayed and it didn't rain for three years and six months, and he prayed again and it rained. And it says this: it says that the heartfelt, persistent prayer of the righteous man can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It's dynamic, and it can have tremendous power. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, with the same physical, mental, spiritual limitations and shortcomings, and he prayed earnestly, and it didn't rain. And then he prayed earnestly again, and it rained. Now, the Bible's telling us, look at this guy as an example of somebody whose prayers God answers, as somebody that God uses. Now, those of you that know the story, he prayed, and it rained. It's true. After he had prayed and it stopped raining, he prayed and it rained again. But a wicked queen said, by this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. And the Bible says that he began to think about it. It says when he saw that, he imagined it in his mind. God had a plan to liberate the nation. The Bible says he turned and he ran into the wilderness 
for three days, he went and laid down under a broom tree and prayed and said, God, kill me. So he missed the will of God. He runs in fear. He is suicidal. And this is the guy God said, I used him and I answered his prayers. How many of you ever miss God? How many of you have been depressed? I'm not going to ask how many of you have been suicidal. But you know what? That does not disqualify you. That didn't disqualify Elijah. In fact, God uses him and says, look, he was a man just like you are. He had the same physical, mental, spiritual limitations, the same shortcomings, but he had a heart that was turned towards God, and God used him. God listened to his prayers. Right? The Bible says again in Psalms 112, verse 6, talking about that man, it says, he will be remembered forever, forever. You're going to leave a legacy a destiny. Now, life is not about the accumulation of stuff, notoriety. Life is not about having fun. That's not what life is about. Our am number one ambition is to be to honor and glorify God, to fulfill the purpose that he put us here on earth to fulfill. It says in Ephesians 1 verse 4, therefore, as the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling to which you were called. Get this? The calling to which you were called. You were called. I want you to picture right now, in your mind, your phone rings. Right? You answer, and it's God. And God says, hey, I have something for you to do. He's calling. Right? He has a plan, a purpose. In fact, the Bible says very specifically that he has good works he's made ready for you and paths for you to walk in. Right? So he's calling, you pick up, and he says, now I want you to walk worthy of this call. Right? He wants you to make a difference. He wants you to know the way, go the way, and lead the way. But life is not about sports. It's not about hobbies. It's not about relaxation. And listen, it's not about taking family time away from church. Just thought I'd let you know. Okay? You were not created to suck air, to watch TV, social media. You were created to make a difference. That's what you were created to do. God has put this, this desire on the inside of you. God himself is at work in you, the Bible says, inspiring you to want what pleases him and to work for them. See, God has things for you to do. So here's what we do. You were created to help. You were created to, to help people in crisis. So what we do is we watch a TV program where they create a crisis. They create a situation where help is needed. Right? Then... They, they, they bring in a character that you identify with, all right? And then that character solves the crisis, helps get through that problem, and you vicariously think you did it. And you go, wow, I feel pretty good. I'm going to go home, go to bed. You took care, I took care of that. And you know what? There never was a problem. There never was a crisis, and you didn't help a soul. I just thought I'd let you know. It's, you just wasted your time. But you were created to help in a crisis. You were created to make a difference. 
You were created to show compassion. But you're, you're, you're letting something that isn't even true fulfill the need that you have on the inside. Because God put that desire on the inside of you. You were created to make a difference. See, you're here to make a difference. Now, Ephesians 4, verse 11, says that he himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then it says, listen, for the equipping of the saints or for the preparing of the saints to do the work of the ministry. Now, for 1,500 years, the church has been ineffective, not near as effective as it should be. And the number one problem, the number one problem is that we do not understand these two verses. Here's what people think. They think that it is my job to encourage people, to help people, that it is my job to visit the widows and the orphans in their distress, that it is my job to pray for everybody. It is my job to see the shut. They think that is my job. It is not my job. It is your job. My job, my job is to prepare you and to equip you to do what you think my job is. Now, I've got good news for you. God is hiring today. And he's hiring you. He's saying, I want you. I want you. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, born from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready, listen, this is you, ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so we would walk in them, living the good life that he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Now, now did you catch that? God has works prepared, paths prepared for every single one of us. And we're supposed to be doing all these good works that he has made us ready to live. Now, here's what people think. I know this, right? Because I've had so many people talk to me and because I used to think like this, right? I used to think, well, if I really follow God, God will make me marry an ugly girl and move to Africa. You, You laugh, but that's what we think. We think God does not have my best interest at heart. But listen, this is what the verse said. If you will do what God created you to do, you will live the good life the good life that he prearranged and made ready for you to live. You understand that everything about you, your giftedness, your abilities, every innate thing that's in you, the desires that you have, God is the one who put that inside you. And he's the one who knows what will fulfill you more than anyone else. And when you're in the middle of the will of God, there is no time you are more happy, more fulfilled than when you are right in the middle of what God has for you to do. Now, I want to tell you a little story. All right. 
Jeannie and I, most of you know this, we, we lived in Mexico for seven years. We were missionaries. And two of those years, we lived in an Indian village with the Otomi Indians. Now, there, there was the, the town center, and in the town center, there was not one public bathroom anywhere. Right? And right before you get to the town center, there was a bridge that went into town, and we lived right on the other side of that bridge. So as as people would go into town, there's, there's no public restrooms, right? Most of the people are walking in, right? People would, like, relieve themselves right in front of our house. 100, 200 times a day, right? Um, now, at that time, our, our son Joshua, who right now he's over in the Spanish service, speaking over there, but he was two years old. And he was what we, we, we refer to as a cottonhead. I mean, I mean, he had that, that hair that was just like white. Have you ever seen that little kids with it, just like that white hair, right? And blue eyes, right? And many, many of the people had never seen a blonde person or anybody with blue eyes, right? So whenever they would see him, I mean, they just like, <gasps> and the, the most common question we were asked was, can he see? Because his eyes were blue. They'd never seen blue eyes. And, and, and Jeannie would say, well, yes. And then they say, does he see blue? And Jeannie would say, well, do you see brown? You know? But, but every person, I mean, like, I'm serious. You'd walk downtown. There'd be 50, 60 people. Everybody's got to touch him, you know, just because they'd never seen it before. All right? And then when, 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 when like, Jeannie would, would get to someplace and she'd put him down, every little kid would come and put all their kid toys right in front of him. To watch him play, and they just sit back. He was a spoiled brat. I mean, come on, how can you have a normal kid? All right, and stuff like that going on. Okay, so, so we've been there for about two years, and uh, we're starting churches, doing evangelistic meetings, and and God spoke to my heart. He said, "You're going to leave. You're going to go to a large city, name the city. You're going to teach in a Bible college. Go." So I prayed about it. They, <laughs> the guy asked me. I tell Jeannie, hey, this is what God's put on my heart. This door's open. We're going to go. And she says, no. No. Well, I knew I was in trouble right then. And God, when we, look, the Bible says, it says, the spirit and the bride say come. <laughs> and you got to have the bride on board because when mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. All right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm sure this is what God wants us to do, but, but she says no, all right? So I said to her, because I knew this was God, I said, honey, just pray about it. And she said, well, look, we're doing so much good. We're starting these churches. Hundreds of people are getting saved every week. Everything's wonderful. Why do you want to move? I said, just pray. Just pray. So I'm off for a couple days preaching. I get back late at night. Jeannie meets me at the door. And she says to me, she says, have you ever seen our village? And I thought, well, that's a stupid question. I've been living here for two years. Of course I've seen our village. And she begins to tell me all the negative things about our village, including everybody who's relieving themselves right in front of our house, how much problems she has trying to bring Joshua any place because of all the... And she just makes this list of all these things. Now, look, we have been living there for two years. She never noticed any of it. She was loving it. We, we were looking to buy a little block house and live there till we died. All right? And one day, God came, took that grace away, 
And she was ready to leave. In fact, I said, well, we're going to leave in about two months. She said, let's go tonight. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, when you are in the will of God, you are happy, 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 happy. Every desire, every gift, every skill, every talent, everything you were created to do, you're using it. You're right there. The fact, the Bible says you'll be living the good life he prearranged and made ready for you to live. Now, real quickly, that's the introduction. No, I mean, we get through the introduction. So, so let, me, let me just share one more thought with you before we close. And uh, wow. Acts chapter 26. Paul has just, in the, he's in the middle of having a vision. Jesus is talking to him. He's literally, he's converted at this scene. And Jesus says to open their eyes to their true condition so that they may repent and live in the light of God instead of Satan's darkness. So they may be receive forgiveness of their sins and God's inheritance among all people everywhere, though everywhere whose sins are cleansed away, who are set apart by faith in him. Right? That's you. You were set apart by faith in him. Some of your translations say you're sanctified by faith in him. Sanctification simply means to be set apart. Right? But sanctification is like two Siamese twins. There are two parts to sanctification. And most of us as Christians only understand one part. We understand the part that we are separated from sin, right? When you become a Christian, you're to live for God. You're to turn your back on sin. In fact, the whole, the whole thing, what do you do to be saved? You repent and believe. Repentance means to turn your back on that old life, to turn your back on sin, to turn your back on the way of the world. That's one part of sanctification. But the other part of sanctification... It says that you are to be ready to do good works. 1 Timothy 6, verse 18. It tells us that we're to be ready to do good works, willing to give, ready to share. You see, we are not only called away from the world, but when you got saved, God called you to good works. He prepared good works beforehand for you. He's made ready paths for you to live. Right? So Christianity is not about do not, do not, do not, do not. Christianity is about what you do. Right? Once you're a Christian, you're supposed to be doing those good works. Right? So we're sanctified. We are set apart from the world, from sin, but we are set apart to do those good works. That's why the Bible says we're to live worthy of the calling with which he has called us. When Jesus began to preach, he came to Galilee. And he said, time's up. God's kingdom is here. Change your life and believe. Time's up. God's kingdom's here. Change your life and believe. There's two ways that your life is to change when you become a Christian. When you become a Christian, you're in the world, but you're not of it. But then there's the part you get into the kingdom of God. We're leaving the kingdom of this world. But we go into the kingdom of God where he has you to be the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Jesus said that we should live so that men see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. All right? 
That's how you're supposed to live. You're to live with purpose, with destiny, to leave a legacy. The Bible says this about King David. Um, It says that after he had served God's purpose in his generation, he fell asleep. What did he do? He served God's purpose in his generation. And what you and I are to do is to serve God's purpose in our generation. And you say, I'll be miserable. No, you will live the good life that he prearranged and made ready for you to live. There will never be more satisfaction, more contentment in your life than when you're living the good life he prearranged and made ready for you. You know, to live a life that makes a difference, we really do need to be connected to the one that makes a difference in our life. And that is Jesus. We need to be right with God. And again, our culture thinks, well, if I'm good, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm connected. But the Bible teaches something different. The Bible tells us forgiven people go to heaven, that everyone is welcome, that everyone gets in the same way, that everyone can meet the requirements. Now, listen, Jesus said this. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say he was a way. He said he's the way. And he said, no one can come to the Father except through me. That means that all of my efforts could never make me right with God. And all of your efforts could never make you right with God. There's just one way, and that's through Jesus. So he said you must be born again. You say, what does that mean? It means give him all of your heart and all of your life. Nothing held back. Now, if you haven't done that, you still have it. This is a decision that you make. Jesus is not a thief to steal your heart or a manipulator to trick you. You need to personally, consciously give him your heart and your life. And Jesus called that being born again. Now, you think, but I know about God. I've celebrated Christmas. I've celebrated Easter. But salvation is not about what you know, your head. Salvation is about your heart, giving your heart and your life to Jesus. Now, if you haven't done that, I'd like to lead you in a prayer to do this right now. I want you to bow your head. Repeat this prayer after me, but make these words your own. Just say, oh God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I'm going to live for him every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, that my past is gone, that I'm your child, a part of your family today and forever. In Jesus name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, we'd love to get you a copy of his book, Your New Life. He wrote this book to help you continue on your journey to take the next steps in your walk with God. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and download it absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, Leave a Legacy, in the WBF store. If this ministry is feeding you and blessing you spiritually, or you would like to make a difference in people's lives by helping spread the gospel around the world, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv give and click on the giving option that is right for you. See you next week. Until then, be blessed. Oh, 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 oh,